Did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder? I do. Did you ever wonder why the sun always rises, but the stars never fall, why dry land is never satisfied by water, and why fire never says enough? Today on Bible Wonders, let's wonder about how to find grace in God's eyes. Again, looking in Genesis chapter 6, we see there that Noah was the first one to find that. <laughs> and, you know, the first thing I would say about finding grace in God's eyes would be in order to find it, you got to look for it. <laughs> and so seek and you will find. And so I'm so thankful for all of us who get a chance to see the beauty of being able to seek that grace in our Father's eyes. But the word grace, I've, I've studied it for years and years and years, and I sometimes think you can feel it more than you can really define it. Um, if you think about the really, really godly people you've known in your life, that when you're in their presence, you have this sense that you're their favorite or maybe more importantly to me personally, I have this sense that they have faith in me, that they believe in me, and what it is that, you know, my capabilities, what, how it is that God gifted me. And so when you look inside the Word, it was we talked about in a couple episodes ago, you know, Noah's name spelled backwards is grace, which is chen, if you were to pronounce that in Hebrew. It, obviously, you know it's Noah if, if you pronounce that in Hebrew. So there's two letters involved. The first one in the word grace, or chen, is the het. And that het is a very, very critical, oh man, I don't know. For me, it's a critical understanding. It, it means so much because it, it represents life in so many different ways. But the way they actually break down the letter um, the Jews teach on this letter is just absolutely beautiful, is that it is essentially a group of three different lines. And the first line that is a straight line that's coming down, we've talked about many times, it in itself is a letter. It's a vav. And that vav um, is essentially this idea of a male energy coming down from heaven. And that becomes critical in the het, the difference between male and female energies. And so the vav, they teach, is a male energy coming down. And, you know, inside of every one of us is a yud, that God spark, that certain something. You know, God made you very uniquely with a way that you reflect God that only you can. In other words, if you don't reflect God in the way that you can, then Nobody ever gets to see that aspect of God, which, by the way, that's one of the things the angels are, are, are really looking for when they look at mankind is they want to see God. And, and when you begin to reflect God in your unique giftings or unique way, um, you know, essentially that's your glory. And it so much has to do with this concept of the het. So there's a male energy coming down. And then on the other side, you know, that's the right straight line coming down. On the other side, it looks like there's another straight line coming down, but it's a little different in that it is a Zion, the letter Zion in Hebrew, which 
they believe is a female energy going back up. You see? <laughs> and so you got a, a male energy coming down, which is God's you know, gifting to you, God's glory coming down into you that you uniquely reflect. And when you do, you reflect it back up in a female energy as the bride of Christ. But unfortunately, Jews, although they understand the letter, they don't understand the picture <laughs> because we are the bride of Christ. And so we reflect God in a very unique way. And so, you know, that's coming back up. And over the top of those two letters is what they call, I believe, a hetateric but it's essentially the concept of the hoopah, which if you ever go to a Jewish marriage, you'll note that they have the bride and groom standing under this hoopah. And it has to do with the crown. It has to do with the marriage canopy. But when you marry this male energy to the female energy, you get life. And that's why this letter, the het, means life. It's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it is the first letter in the word grace or chen. And so as we think about this, I, I, I never can get over the fact that Jesus is full of grace <laughs> and truth. And so as you go looking for Jesus, if you seek Jesus, well, then you're going to begin to see the idea of grace, which we talked about earlier is that when you are around a really godly person, you feel like you're their favorite. If you, every time you're around a person, feel like they're, they think they're a lot better than you, then, you know, this is not, this is disgraceful. <laughs> People that dismiss you don't believe you're worth anything. That's disgraceful because God clearly thinks you're worth enough that he died for you, okay? So the second letter in faith, excuse me, in grace is the final nun, in other words, when you put the nun on the end of a word, it, it's called a final nun, and it's a very long, straight line. And the Jews actually call this the nail. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. But it has everything to do with faith. We talked about it before. It's a seed. But more than that, it's faith. And so when Noah found grace in God's eyes, when God looked into Noah's unique way that he reflected him and he saw that Noah had, in fact, life, then he had faith in what Noah would do, that he had faith that Noah would be the one that would continue to bring life on the earth. And it, it, it's more than beautiful that <laughs> Noah found grace in God's eyes and, and actually very beautifully. If you look, um, the idea of grace is not used just throughout the Bible in like a thousand times or anything. There's only, there's, it's a really beautiful thing to just do a study on that word, chen, and see where you'll find it. And one of the places that you find it, just absolutely beautiful, is in the 45th Psalm, which is the marriage psalm. It's actually the marriage <laughs> to Jesus psalm. And the other thing that you'll find very interesting, if you look carefully at the word that's translated grace in Greek, Jesus himself was full of grace, but he rarely used the word. In fact, I think he only used it three times. But where you'll find that he used it was when he was talking about how you treat others, and especially, you know, if you treat people that dislike you, 
with love, that would be grace. Or what he actually says is if you treat the people that treat you poorly, poorly, what grace is that to you? In other words, how are you seeing the potential or how are you seeing God spark in that other person? It's really a challenge to us to can we be that godly person that when somebody else is in our presence, they can tell that they're, that we believe in them. We believe in the God spark in them. We believe um, and, and they are our favorite or they can sense they're our favorite. You know, that's one of the things I, I really want to strive for in my life because I know that it is a seed that when you begin to get grace from somebody, I remember I did really, really poorly <laughs> until the sixth grade. In fact, I flunked the sixth grade. But the second time I did sixth grade, there was a teacher that just spoke into my abilities and pulled me out of the doldrums of school to where I actually and ended up being an A student. But it happened because she believed in me. She had grace. She believed in me. It changes everything. You, you'll see the story of many, many teachers. And so as we look out across the world, are we going to act <laughs> with grace? Or are we going to be one of those disgraceful people? Um, how can we find favor in other people's eyes? How can we find favor in God's eyes? Well, when God looks at you, if he sees Jesus, <laughs> I guarantee you're his favorite. Do you have a render? Did you have a render? I do. I do.